RadioInfluence.com. Well, ho, 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 and merry, merry, merry. This is one of the final podcasts for America's Best Friend in 2020. And I first of all want to say thank you so much for listening, subscribing, downloading, telling all your friends about this because it has been so fun chatting about all kinds of things. Now, it's 2020. It's the year end. And we are in the final stretch of hanging out with our families 24 hours a day, every day of the week. Um, but frankly, people are tired of their families. I'm tired of my family. I get tired of one family member at a time, typically. So you never know who I'm going to yell at and scream at. Um, but there is one way to be with your family and not scream at them in the winter, in the Northeast, especially in the Philadelphia, New York City area. You've heard me scream about this before. It's skiing, snowboarding, tubing, sledding, getting on the snow. And so this episode, we're going to talk to a guy who has figured it out. His name is Charlie. He is the owner of a place you've never heard of. I'm kidding. You've heard of it. But it's not as popular as some other places, which is a good thing in some ways, except for Charlie would like to say he wants more people, I'm sure, to know about Montage Mountain in Scranton. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I, I've said to you, we've, we basically lucked into finding your mountain. And so what it is, it's a ski hill that is definitely owned by a guy who likes families because it has one of the best bars, which we can't go inside right now. And unlike other ski areas where you're with your family, you're having a ski day, the kids are tired, they want to go tubing. So you have to drive to the bloody tubing area. The tubing area at Montage is right there in the middle of the ski hill. Was that by design or how did, first of all, how did that happen? Well, I'd like to say it was by design, but we kind of inherited that when we took over the place. Uh, we built upon it. Uh, we, we made it better. Uh, we put an area up there where you can have something to eat and sit and some fire pits. So uh, we, we took an asset that was already there and I think we built and made it better. So if people about skiing in 2020, and I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out how it works. In most of the ski areas, you have to have a reservation because, you know, it's 50% capacity or whatever the rules are of your state. And again, I'm in Philadelphia. So the places that under the rules I'm allowed to go are in Pennsylvania. And my family is trying to follow these rules, right? We love to be skiing and going on a plane, but you know, that's really not what we're supposed to be doing right now. We want to candidly set a good example for our kids. So in Pennsylvania and the Pocono Mountains, there's a lot of places that are candidly overrun um, with people. There, there were reports over the weekend that people were waiting in line and I'm laughing and I'm crying at the same time for like two and a half hours. Candidly, Charlie, we, a bunch of my friends got in the car, went up to Scranton yesterday. The maximum we waited in line was 10 minutes, but really it was just, we got on the lift and went. So First of all, how have you figured out the capacity? Do people have to make a reservation? How does that work? Well, the good news is there is no reservation required. Uh, we have 400 acres there and 126 acres of, of skiable terrain. Uh, so if you, if you do the math, and uh, it's a little bit of a complicated formula, but we did, um, you'll find that you know we have capacity and ample capacity for all our customers. So uh, the only thing that really winds up being limited for us is, is like it is for everyone else. It's the actual facilities, the lodge, the bathrooms, uh, the bar, the restaurant, things like that. Um, and, and early on, we made the decision that rather than try to figure out how to 
work out of those places that, that we would take our business and turn it completely upside down and take everything that was inside and move it outside. So, uh, so we created that area up the top, call it Midland. It's about an acre and a half. It's all outdoor seating, 100% fire pits, uh, outdoor kitchen, outdoor everything. So we don't, uh, we don't have to worry about the indoor capacity. We have to just worry about the lines and the social distancing and, and the mask wearing, which we, I think we do a good job at. You know, from the time you pull up the mountain road, we check your temperature before you even enter the property uh, to uh, all our staff who make sure that people are doing the right social distancing and all those other good things. Uh, as far as the lift lines, you know, what we did was rather than try to break it down at the lift, we went back from the lift and, and made an area that is essentially a buffer. So it's probably, I don't know, 40 feet or so where we bring people from the queuing lines down into the actual lift. And what that does is that allows for the social distancing there and also allows for the lines to move quite quickly because you're not having people bunching up at the lift. So I, I think it's a little bit different than how other people handled it. But um, as you saw yesterday, it seems to be working well for us. Okay. So I was curious because, you know, as a snowboarder, we don't like, we don't like to be unhooked from our boot or from our board and have to wait and then, Okay, so that all makes sense. So if people, what he's talking about is like, they basically, you know how Disney World has figured out how to get you in line and keep you happy? That's sort of what they've done. They separated the line area where, you know, and I have to say, for your credit, you know, let's face it, they're seasonal employees many times, and they have to tell adults and crabby teenagers to pull up their masks. They really did it in a friendly way. They definitely, and, and the cool thing about skiing, candidly, is, Wearing a face protector kind of part of the game, especially when it's chilly. It's it's chilly. I'm looking at snow right now. But the other thing I want to talk a little bit about is, you know, I grew up in Florida. I don't know if you know that. And I didn't see snow until I was 16. <laughs> and now I'm obsessed with it. And, you know, my husband, he grew up skiing outside of Buffalo, New York, in a tiny private ski area called Hollymont, which was great. You know, and basically... His parents had a ski place right on the hill. So like when my kids were toddlers, they would go potty at Mimi and Papa's house. And mm -hmm. like, you know, he grew up uh, not eating in the main chalet. He would come home, go ski in, up chilly, go back out. And people always described that as like a small town out west experience. There's a little town that, you know, Steve could like walk into uh, once he became of age, wink, wink, and have a beer with his buddies. I really have called it the Aspen of the East because you see the ski hill right from that town. So I think that with East Coast skiing, especially, you know, Pennsylvania, New York, you're always battling this uh, fantasy of what out West skiing looks like, right? He's nodding his head. But I have to say, there's a place in Colorado I've never been. It's called A Basin, Arapaho Basin, right? And they talk about it like you drive up, you know, it's Saturday. Soccer practice was canceled. You drive up, your car's in the parking lot, and you, you sit outside, you ski a little bit, you have a beer, you have a snack. The way that you have that Midland area set up, everyone talked about this. It feels like you're skiing out west. Again, not at like Deer Valley, mm -hmm. where the people wear furs to ski. Like real skiing, real family skiing. And again, my kids... You'll forgive me. We didn't know what the rules were. We brought some hobies from Wawa. Uh, we didn't know that you'd have a whole restaurant there set up. But we certainly bought French fries and beer and hot chocolate. Because for people who haven't really seen it, there's basically 
a large trailer that's like an outdoor bar, right? And then what I like about the bathrooms is I think people have seen these bathrooms like if you've been to the US Open for golf or if you've been to the Super Bowl or any kind of fancy event, it's not the regular porta potties. It's the fancy porta potties where there's like a sink in there, you can wash your hands. It's almost like a mobile home porta potty, right? And I'm sure that wasn't cheap. Yeah. No, no. And, and, and we have the uh, we have the advantage that in the summertime when we do festivals, you know, those are the, the porta johns that we use for, for different areas. So we, we were kind of, you know, this whole outdoor thing is not new to us because of the because of the festival experiences we have. So like and so the other advantage of going to montage and this isn't supposed to be a montage commercial. I am not paid in any way to talk about this place. Again, my friends were like, do not tell people about this place. But it is a special place. One of the advantages, if you're coming from Philadelphia or New York City, you're literally right off the highway. Like, we have yeah. come to you in a snowstorm before. And some of these other places, look, I'm a fan of all the other places, too. I'm not going to lie to you. We, we love all these places. I don't like driving up and down a windy road. And coming from Philadelphia or New York City, you don't know what those windy roads look like in the middle of a snowstorm where... Because I'm coming to you, literal. What is the highway? Is it 80? Uh, it's a, it's a 81 there, and uh, you get off of Montage Mountain Road exit, and it you can tell I never drive right into Montage Mountain Road. I trick someone into driving me all the time. Um, like, do the people of Scranton know what they have? Because you're literally looking at downtown Scranton. It feels weird. You look one way, and you know that you're in a, a mystical, mystical, fantasy, awesome area. You look at the other way, and it's like, oh, there's Scranton. Yeah. We, we, we do get uh, a fair share of locals, but I don't think enough people really, you know, un- understand that it's there and understand, you know, what, what a great place it is, what a great value it is. I mean, I grew up in Philadelphia and, and I, you know, when you grow up in an area, you tend to take it, you tend to uh, not really take advantage of things. And in Philadelphia, you have, you know, all sorts of awesome stuff, the art museum, the Independence Hall. And I can tell you that other than going on class trips when I was a kid, I probably never went to those places. <laughs> <laughs> And then the thing about skiing is I I say this, you know, I have a 15 year old and an 11 year old. And the thing is you can, in the age of, you know, phones and Xbox and PlayStation, it takes a lot. By the way, for all the Xbox haters, whatever, I always say this, like, imagine if you had Pac-Man in your living room, would you leave your living room if you had Miss Pac-Man? If you had space invaders, no, you would never leave. So to really get them out and hanging out with you is a trick. And I always say being on a ski hill is great because they have to, you know, they fall down, they have to get up, they have to put their ski back on. Like I'm not warming up their tater tots, right? Like they have to figure it out. They have to find their own way and talk to you because you're all kind of trapped on the mountain together. And that's a big part of why I think, Maybe you're not going to be an expert skier and, and maybe you won't spend a month in Chamonix, France with your family. But a place like Montage is a place where you can go, feel comfortable. And this is what I'm getting to. You, your beginner area is amazing. So if no one's ever been skiing, the beginner area, again, I'm a, I'm a, I remember what it feels like to be a rookie because I was an adult when I started. Like my driveway is scary, you know, when, when you just begin. <laughs> And so I think there's always a balance of should we have a, should we be a beginner area or be like an expert area? And what you have at Montage is you have this whole beginner area, which I have to say, when the lodge is open, is right next to the lodge. So like if, if you're having it a is. struggle bus of a day, 
You try it, you have a beer, you go back out. And then the expert area, the one hill is like the steepest or something on the East Coast, right? Deepest slope in Pennsylvania, second on the East Coast. So what is that slope? That's White Lightning. It's, okay. um, it's someplace that I will never be. Uh, You've but, never been? No, I, 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 I've been over there, but I, I, I too didn't learn to ski until probably about four years ago. Wow. Um, which is uh, when, when we got involved with the mountain, it was about eight years ago. And after being there for about three years, my, uh, my employees shamed me into uh, learning. Uh, so I'm still learning. But uh, I, I will go down Cannonball and, and, and others on North Face. It's just uh, white lightning is not, uh, not, I'm not yet up to the challenge. So have you skied out west? I have not. I have not. Have you visited out there? I, uh, not to ski, but I've been out to Breckenridge and places like that. Like during the winter to see how they do it? No, no. I mean, uh, most of our, um, most of our experience, I think really came from, uh, just wanting to make it a, a, a family friendly, just make it an awesome place. Um, you know, we, we believe that people buy experience. They don't buy like skiing or whatnot, but they buy the overall experience. And, and, you know, from the time you, you come to our place, you meet all our, our guest services folks who are, are some of the best people around. I mean, our, our staff has been with us for six, seven years, and they're just uh, they're, they're awesome people, and and they they understand what it's like, and and you know that attitude shows in everything they do, and it kind of manifests itself in all our facilities and everything else that we have. So you know, it's funny. One of my friends, when we were there, she she looked at you. You know, you were with your employees. You know, having a great day on a weekend day. You're there, and she said. Why isn't my husband buying a ski place? Like you probably could have done. And I said to her, "I'm like the guy's here on a weekend, babe. Like there's no soccer practice for him." But why, as a investor, entrepreneur, whatever it is, why why did you want to do something with this business? Uh, I've been up in Scranton now for probably about 15 years. Uh, was involved in a number of historic rehabs in the downtown area, uh, and I just like just love the area. And the opportunity came up. The, the Montage was built in 1984. Uh, sometime in around 2006, it was bought by some private investors, and uh, it didn't turn out too well. They they changed the name, and and after about five years, they went bankrupt. And we had an opportunity to uh, to get involved, and just knowing the area and, and and knowing how passionate people are about Northeast Pennsylvania, I, I just I couldn't turn it down. Wow. So, like, what does 2021 look like for you? Like right now, the state of Pennsylvania says we can't go inside to eat, right? Which doesn't matter for you. Like, do you, th- and it was funny. I, there's a, there's a locally owned uh, ski company, ski shop in town in Philadelphia called Buckman's. A lot of people know Buckman's yeah. if you live in Philadelphia. And I went there, I don't know, like the deal is if you have kids, a lot of times you rent your equipment and then every year you rent different equipment just to like, cause they grow. So we went in, I don't know, early November, the place was packed. And I was like, what? These people don't even know if we have a ski season. And, and this, this guy, Joe, was like, they are hoping to do something. They are done being in their homes. And skiing is definitely outside. You know, in a place like Montage, there's no gondola, right? So it's not like you're yep. trapped inside a, a vessel, if you will. I know yep. initially in Aspen uh, in the spring, they said that's where people were getting COVID-19, which sucks. Because you just want to get outside. So like in, in April and May, when it looked dark for everyone, did you have hope that we'd have a ski season in this year? Did you think you'd be this good? 
you, you know, we, we had hope, but I think our customers had more because uh, we've, we've sold more season passes this year than ever before. And, and that started in March, April. And it wow. continued to clear through until, you know, this, this last week. Um, you know, we're still selling season passes. And um, sometimes you have to you have to pay attention to the wisdom of crowds. And, and, and those season pass holders, they, they knew what they were looking for. They knew that they wanted to be outside. And, and um, the numbers proved it. And, you know, the last week, I mean, we opened Thursday. Uh, I think Mother Nature uh, decided to uh, really smile on us. I mean, we had the best snow set up, you know, snow Wednesday and then, skiing on Thursday. So it's just, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we did have hope, but the customers had more. And then like, they've always said, you know, I'm a, I like to golf as well. And it's funny, like when I, at the TV station, I'm always pitching like lifestyle segments and all this stuff. And they're always like, no one skis and no one golfs. Okay. Guess what? <laughs> 2020 fixed that for me. I, I do think these like family lifestyle activities are going to continue. And we, and, you know, we talked about it yesterday, like, you know, we kind of liked being outside yesterday and feeling like we were in, you know, a funky little ski town somewhere. Um, yeah. I would assume you're going to keep that up even when we can go. In. I don't know if you can manage to do that. Well, n- not only are we going to keep it up, but we're looking for ways to, to expand it, to even double the size, if not triple the size of it. I mean, we have, uh, we have a, a pretty unique experience in, in, in the ski world in that our lodge is not at the base of the mountain, nor is it at the top. It's in the middle. So, you know, hence how we came up with the word Midland. But we have the ability to expand that area so that it, it's, it's closer to the north face and, and there's fire pits and everything over there. And uh, we could probably do two, three acres of, of uh, outdoor space. And, you know, for us, I mean, the success of, of what you what you saw up there with the outdoor I, I think it just only grows. And in years to come, it, it, it's a mainstay for us. Yeah. Cause I do think people, let, let's face it, you know, after nine 11, we never looked at an airport the same. And I think, yeah. you know, after this nightmare, <laughs> however you are on it politically, you, you know, it's funny. I'll never forget. One of my best friends for years has never accepted an edible arrangement. You know how they put like fruit in a thing yeah. and they make it look like a flower. <laughs> and she's like, how do I know who touched my fruit? I'm not eating that fruit. And I was like, someone cut fruit for me. I'm eating that damn fruit. My point is, I think we're going to look at dining, being indoors with people we don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to think we're all going to be like crazy germaphobes, but I do Florida, California, you know, Southern States, they don't have to think about being outside. There's so many opportunities to be outside, but I do think, the Northeast, they're talking about New York City is going to have like mariachi bands at the nicest restaurants outside because people are going to want to be outside. Yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I think the outside experience, the outdoor experience is, is if you go to other countries and, and, and I've not traveled that much, but I've had many people tell me they go to places like Spain or whatnot, outdoor dining, outdoor everything is the norm. And, and there's very few days a year where they can't be outside. Um, you know, right now, I mean, what is it? 13th Street down there in Philadelphia is is just killing it with some of the, the bar restaurants outside. Westchester has done the same thing. Um, Lancaster has done the same thing. So, you know, those places I don't think are ever going back because the experience is just so much better. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. In the world of skiing, we talked about this. There's places like Deer Valley, whatever. They're total jerks. So like, <laughs> I remember years ago, I went to a thing. uh Dick Vermeil, former Eagles coach, mm-hmm. right? 
it was this whole wine dinner. I don't even know what it was. And people were asking him, like, I'm not from Philadelphia originally, but you know, he had like a, like a sucky team. He turned it around quickly. And the one thing that he said was like, I had to talk to these guys. You know, I had to like get on their level, be with them. I, for, from all accounts, you, you either fooled me or whatever. It seems like you're listening to your employees. You're a good boss. Like, it, I feel like that's gotta be, it, you're smiling, but like, they love the shit out of you, man. Like, <laughs> being good to your people makes them good people out in your business. Like everyone has a smile on their face. No one is like, you don't even know how to ski. That's never been said. People are like, hey, let me help you. Let me do this. I I really don't know what to say to that. I mean, I look, I, I grew up in Philadelphia. I grew up in, in, in Wissanoming. I, I, you know, I grew up in a, in a, in a very blue collar neighborhood. My father was a, was a, a graphics arts union employee, and, and and when he was out of work, he, he was a janitor at uh, at St. Parts where I went to grade school. And I mean, you just don't you don't lose who you are um, ever. And 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 I grew up in Philadelphia, and I was there till I was thirty two years old. And I treat people the way I want to be treated, and and it it really is that simple. And I you know I we have a we have a small core group of people at the mountain um, because it's a seasonal business. So you know every six months it's an entrepreneurial adventure because you're starting up from scratch I mean, you have your fixed assets and, and to be able to do that, you need to trust your people. You need to support your people. You need to, you know, have a, a consistency there that, uh, um, that, that, that really is, is the, the, the core of, of whatever success you have. And, you know, I, I think we do that and I think we do it well. And, um, and, and, you know, all people from my guest services folks, general manager, you know, they're all awesome. I mean, they're just, they're just great people and, and they love what we do and they love to see a smile on the customer's faces. And, um, you know, that I can't take credit for that. That's just a testament to who they are. So, okay. Normally on this podcast, I have like models and all this, and they give their like beauty secrets and all that jazz. <laughs> so like, you're not a skier ish, you know, you're late to the game. Like, do you have any super secret, like, you know, how do you, like, we had to put our boots on, you know, in the car, basically, so that we could walk to the area. I mean, that was easy, right? It's like, instead of hauling your crap down a hill, sitting in the lodge, fighting with your kids because they want a milkshake, and you're like, please, put on the flipping snow boots, we're here to ski. It was like, everyone put their boots on in the car, and then they, they just basically went to the hill and skied, but are you like, what's your shortcut? What's like, do you have anything that like, obviously I'm using hand warmers to stay warm. Do you have any, like, I own a ski resort tips for people? You know, I, I, I have two tips. One, look for the soft snow to fall on. Um, <laughs> cause that's, uh, cause, cause I have to find a lot of that. And, and beyond that, I, I learned early on, particularly with the ski boots, make sure those things are warm before you try to put them on because otherwise it's just a fight to the finish. <laughs> that is interesting. Yes. Cause you know, it's funny. We have one of those rooftop barrier things. We mm -hmm. didn't bring it, you know, to your hill, but when we travel far away, we for, or for several days, I should say, but my husband's always like, yeah, the boots can't go up there because they'll be, too, they'll be cold for three days. Yep. And, and they contract and they get smaller and, and, and it is a fight to the finish, particularly if they're snug. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, to your point, you know, Steve was a ski instructor and I'm basically at this point only a snowboarder. And um, so the soft snow, this is my tip, is usually on the sides, right? Mm -hmm. Because everyone skis down the middle. They're very happy. 
And, you know, no one wants to have to listen, you know, forgive me, to their husband, to their mom, to their dad, any of that. But I even said it yesterday, you know, we, we definitely skied all day towards the end of the day. Certainly it got a little icy in spots, like yep. any ski hill anywhere. And I, and I would right to the side and, and these little people, like, it was funny. My kids were like right behind me because they knew like the sides of the ski hill are your safe spot when it is anything. All right. Now, as we wrap it up, I have to say one of my big highlights of spring, you know, four or six months ago, we went to this thing called a pond skimming at your place. Yep. And so if people don't know what that is, if you're a non-skier, this is something you might want to do, even if you're not skiing. Basically, when it gets warm, usually like March, April, what they'll do is the bottom of the hill gets kind of mushy, right? Slushy. Yep. So, so these like, yeah, usually 20 year olds start at the top, they ski, and then at the end, it's like, they're in water. Yes, and, they are. And it's like, it's kind of like, the craziest cloud act you've ever seen. Yeah. We, we, we build a, a giant pool 30, 40 feet long. And, and um, it's always, uh, it's, it's always fun to see who can make it across and who can't. And, yeah. Uh, Cause they're trying to skim across like a rock. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's a great way to put it. It's just like hopping a rock across the pond, but uh, 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 most of them, unlike uh, most of them, like the rock, they wind up falling in the water and then we fish them out and it's all in good fun. Yeah, and, and it's always hard to predict. Like, you'll forgive me, I'm not like body shaming anyone, but you'll see like a a bigger dude, right? <laughs> and he's in some stupid ski outfit, and you're like, this dude is going down. Nope, he knows exactly what he's doing. He ha- he does not even get wet. Then there'll be like a super skinny, like either you know, cute girl or like twenty something dude that looks like he knows what he's doing. He can't even get like one foot. They can't get the speed up. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, they, they can't get the speed up, and I don't think the momentum is there to carry them. You, you get a heavier heavier guy, a bigger dude, something. You know, the momentum's there, and they and they carry themselves right across the water. All right, so if I'm going to compete next year, and I'm not saying I am, but if I was, what I would do is I'd maybe pack a backpack full of water bottles or something. Give me some weight. <laughs> you're in for that? Listen, I, I, if you're going to go across, maybe I'll join you. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, let's just, it's early. It's early in the year. Um, I will say this. My family totally enjoyed it. Uh, Everyone. So the deal is it's called Montage Mountain. It's literally in Scranton. And just look it up. And like I said, you can do a little lesson there and they have the rentals and that's right there. Like I'm, I kind of say you're sort of like the Wawa of skiing because it's like perfectly organized you have everything we want, um, you know, and that, or like Wegmans grocery store, right? It's like they, they know what they're doing. Somehow you figure this out. So it's a testament to you. I'm hoping that I can figure out something. But bottom line, you prep with your kids. You're not allowed to leave Pennsylvania. So get in the car, go to Montage. And then, you know what people do sometimes? The thing from the office, right? There's some stuff from the office one time we had a kid in the car and he definitely wanted to see some of that. So you could definitely like make it a two for trip. Right. Yep, Absolutely. Like, the office, they didn't film it there. Uh, they did some parts of it. Yes. Okay. We used to do a, a an annual uh, office convention, uh, but that I think stopped about a year or so ago. Okay. Uh, so but also... you can see there's like a, there is the office that's there, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The building is uh, right downtown, about a block out of uh, the downtown. 
All right, Carly, we're very proud of you. You figured out how to do skiing in 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, subscribe, download, force your kids to listen, and force your kids to go skiing because there's really nothing else to do. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. Everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.